0: Welcome to uh, my podcast. This is David Suisa. This is John Voight. We're delighted to have my friend John. I have almost
1: Voigt. enough time for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if we're going to have enough time for a million questions, but I saw John Voight yesterday, spoke to him, and uh, I said, "Come on in." So here he is in our studio. He has to fly right back to New York for his show. I've known John for for many, many years, and. Today we're just going to have a conversation about stuff. Sure, so good to have you here, John. Mm, nice to be here. Um, Always nice to be with you, David. Y- yeah, you know, I remember <laughs> when we, when
1: you, uh, uh, many years ago, we had our first interaction. I think uh, in this way was a verbrengen.
0: Remember that? I do remember, and,
1: and uh, that was an interesting thing because a verbrengen, For those of uh, those of you who listen and don't know what it is. It's this kind of uh, gathering where, you, where a person is focused on and, and they talk about it. it's, like, uh, it's like the David Suisse
0: A Million Questions show. Right. So I've already had a Fabringan with you and this is our second. Those were my uh, advertising agency days, yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. So here we are doing another Fabringan. Everyone knows that you have a special connection to Judaism and to Israel. Where does that come from, John?
1: Well, I had uh, the the good fortune of having honorable parents, and my dad uh, was a a golf professional in Westchester County in New York. He grew up as a poor boy in Yonkers, New York, and when he was eight years old, he he became a caddy uh, at Sunningdale Country Club in Scarsdale, New York, and the people at the club took to him and uh, uh, encouraged him in various ways. It, initially, he, he used to say when he went out for a, for a loop, as they called it, to caddy for 18 holes, and an 8-year-old boy, you can imagine, uh, who was making at that time a little more than his father was making. He was very poor, poor family, and he was doing pretty well. And he used to, at about the 16th hole, he used to say to the person he was caddying for, he used to say, it's my birthday today. And uh, this, this, by the time the 18th hole came and he had to be paid, you always got a little extra tip for that, you see. Mm. But uh, two weeks after he had made one of these uh, arrangements, he, t- he said the same thing on the 16th hole. He was kidding for the same fellow. And he said, I, well, Whitey, they called him Whitey because he had white blonde hair. He said, Whitey, I thought you're, you, you had the birthday two weeks ago. And he was caught, you see. Uh-huh. But they liked him very much because of his chutzpah, perhaps. And uh, they were a Jewish cl- country club, German-Jewish country club.
0: Just and, Jews? Yeah,
1: just Jews. And, uh, and why, why and, was it just Jews? And I grew, I grew up, uh, of course, I was a little boy in the, in the 1940s. And uh, I was aware of, of uh, anti-Semitism. And I was aware that these people who provided the food for our table... And were so gracious to my dad and actually encouraging and made him a golf professional. From the time of his, he was eight, he was encouraged. In the 16, they made him a professional. And in the 18, they made him the head professional at the club, can you imagine? And he stayed at that club until his passing. So he grew up surrounded by Jews? That's exactly right. And uh, and I knew that this group, uh, this club was, was founded because they couldn't get into other clubs to play golf. So... What they did is they gathered themselves and they bought some land and they created a club for themselves. They, they, didn't, uh, they, they didn't complain. They didn't jump into the streets and complain, but they created this other entity, and, uh, and it's still going strong. It's a still, still a wonderful club, and, and these Jewish people were the aunts and uncles that raised my
0: dad. You know, you have to say, when I look back and I hear these kind of stories, they sound very foreign to me because I can't imagine a place right now not allowing Jews, is that a sign of... I mean, it's a sign of progress for America, isn't it?
1: Well, sure. Of course. But there's still anti-Semitism. Right, right. And uh, it's more uh, prevalent today than it was, you know, immediately after the war. So
0: we have a lot of work to do in that area. I think we live in a time right now where the media and social media and so forth anytime there is an incident it's so much more visible uh just because it's so much easier to get it out there so there is a sense of magnifying you know the incidents I'm 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 a great America lover I've always said you know I can't believe I'm allowed to write columns criticizing the leader of my country and nobody's going to come and take me to a police station so I'm a I'm a I'm a big believer in the, the freedom that I have in this country, and I don't take it for granted sure. as a Jew. I'm, I'm not afraid to walk. My cousin in Paris is afraid to walk to a synagogue in a, in a yarmulke. Oh, that's true. I'm not. I'm and not. There, there,
1: people are being advised not to wear the yarmulkes in Germany as well. Now, you so, have, so all over Europe right. there's, a, there's a, a resurgence of anti-Semitism from the people who should have learned this very... Uh, you know, completely at the end of, uh, of uh, World War II. Correct. Uh, but in, but in it's a, interesting. So yeah. what, is the, what is the root of this poison, you know? What, what's, where does it come from? And I would say, in my own research on the subject matter, and I've been with it since I was a little kid, as I say, I would say that it comes from the fact that the Jews represent God's law. That's what we say, who is a Jew? A Jew is a f- the people of the book. What book? The Bible. What's the es- essential ingredient of the Bible? It gives us the, the, the roadmap for life. And, uh, and so if people want to live in, in Sodom, go back to living in Sodom and Gomorrah, they have to go past the Jews, the witness, the people who are carrying the book. And that doesn't mean that every person who is a Jew is understanding of all of this or is even, a, you know, uh, on the side of good. Every, every race has their own, every race, religion, and, and group has their own good, good folks and, and bad folks, too. But they represent the law, thou shalt not kill, you know. The uh, whole aspect of respecting God, respecting your parents, no uh, adultery, all of that. Th- there's laws. If you want to go past those laws... You have to go past the Jew. And
0: that's the, that's with a what conscience, I feel. Is with a conscience the, the, of humanity. They
1: are the conscience of humanity, whether they like it or not, and whether they signed on. You know, the guys who signed on were, you know, be, uh, you know, waiting at Sinai, you know, uh,
0: reveling until Moses gave them the law. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, I, I, and I think that's connected. I mean, in a way, you know, the Jews were the first. Mm-hmm. to to meet God at Sinai, and then the Christians came later, and then the Muslims came after that. And I think there's something about being the first where you don't have a, a lot of the insecurities that the ones who followed you have, and there's something annoying about being the first. It's almost like I don't know, being teacher's pet, like we're God's chosen people, well, and you gotta figure that, you know, we were a reminder to the Christians that they might have been they might have been wrong about the you know, the Second Testament. Uh, the, and then the, the Muslims came even later than that, and there's Well, there's well it's just, interesting you know, stuff. There's a
1: lot of things happening. Of course, the, we've seen uh, a lot of religions. I was raised Catholic, and uh, have great love for the Catholic folks, and, and the, uh, the, the uh, observant Christians of this time are the greatest supporters of, uh, of the people of Israel mm-hmm. and the Jews. Right. And I've made very strong statements about the Bible, about the uh, Jewish Bible, the Torah, mm-hmm. uh, and and received applause from the uh, the Christians, the observant Christians. But
0: it took a while. It took a while because there were that's centuries. That's yeah, That's right. Exactly where, right. Uh, it was very difficult. But we, you you're you're right about the, the conscience of humanity, and there is something that can be, uh, grating about that. Um, I, now in America, on the other hand, there are things that have happened that mitigate and that create a lot of affection with Jews one of them is Jewish comedians, Jewish entertainment sure. and I think you know when people talk about the connection between Jews in America and the great love affair, I think that's one of the things we often overlook is that you know we made America laugh I, I always joke with my Jewish cousins from France and I tell them that uh, America is the first country where it's cool to be Jewish. And they don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I mean, you live in Hollywood. You know, half of the language in Hollywood is Yiddish. And I, I really think there's this deep love affair between America and the Jews. And a lot of it is connected to your world, your world of entertainment. We have entertained America. We laughed about ourselves. All those great comics of the 40s and the 50s, from George Burns to Jack Benny to Sid Caesar and Milton Berle and so forth. Here were Jews poking fun at themselves, you know, reliving the American immigrant experience so the Italians and the Irishmen mm-hmm. were able to, to, to connect with Jews on that kind of deep level. There's few things in life that are deeper than making someone laugh, and I think this is one of the things we often overlook.
1: Well, I, yeah, and I think that the suffering folks, people with suffering history, uh, found laughter to keep going, you know. Correct, and uh, certainly the Jews and the Blacks have, uh, you know, a great uh, legacy of, of humor as well.
0: And this is the first country that accepted the Jews as equals, mm-hmm. with all the challenges that we've had in this. Well, country. it's in our
1: constitution. It's in correct. our uh, You know, correct. Our uh, Declaration of Independence. And we took full freedom. of freedom. And there was a, a, a Jewish man. I can't remember his name right now. But uh, a fellow who ran for the legislation in virginia or something and he couldn't get in because he was a jew and he went to washington and he said this is wrong this country is based on you know uh, certain freedoms each equality of every everyone being equal and having an equal shot this has to be eliminated and they did eliminate it and he he ran for congress and won
0: he cast his check just like martin luther king said yeah yeah has to check.
1: So there's a lot of there's a lot of history, of course. And, but uh, uh, I was going to s- say, uh, the, the, when I look at the religions, I see s- some religions have reorganized themselves, have recognized when they've gone off and and had to reconstruct. And, and the Christianity is certainly one of those. Uh, it's not the same Christianity that uh, that uh, was responsible for the Inquisition. Uh, you know, they've had to reform and and look at, take a good look at themselves. And even in, in the past uh, century, when I was a young fellow growing up, I saw this, uh, you know, c- a couple of heroes in the Catholic Church, a couple of great popes, John the 23rd and John Paul II, and they were uh, responsible for taking a good, strong look at themselves and, and, uh, and reorchestrating the church. And I, and I would say that every religion has the responsibility to new generations as to what they have said and done that is both good and bad. Any religion carries blood on, if any religion carries blood on their hands, they must wash them clean. They cannot continue to teach doctrine to new generations without total full disclosure of what they have done that is truly not godly. So that in the future religions, be it Jews, Christians, Muslims, will find a common bond of true brotherhood, never stepping on one another's toes and supporting the one God of good, and and th- that's that's what I think needs to be accomplished uh, from this time.
0: Well, it's interesting because we've seen started, the example of that. So. It started to be accomplished with the foundation of America, with our founders, Absolutely. with John Adams, and they they say that America is very much of an Old Testament uh, country. It's more more Protestant towards Europe. Well, you know
1: how that happened?
0: It happened because the people who were the Puritans. Came in with a
1: great affection for the the Torah, the Hebrew Bible, uh, and that, and that was very interesting. And that so we we when they say, uh, uh, "Judeo-Christian," there's a there's a real uh, this there's a real uh, entity right that is, that is you know has
0: the harmony of those two influences. Correct. Whereas Europe did not really have that. That's why they stayed more of a they say Catholic country, more of a New Testament country. Well,
1: there are other v- divisions of uh, the Protestant religion that don't have that emphasis either. Correct. But, uh, yeah, so so we, we are a Judeo-Christian country, and it's uh, and it's in our all our founding uh, documents, you know, it's th- that aspect.
0: And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why Jews thrive in America so much more than they do in other countries. Now, speaking of thriving... Uh, it's hard to separate Judaism and Israel. And over the past few years, Israel and Zionism has become a sort of contentious, controversial idea here in in America. And you're very pro-Israel, John. You bet. I'm a Zionist. You are. You are. Now, very,
1: very proud to be a Zionist.
0: Have you gotten any What is back? And what is
1: Zionism? Zionism is simply the... the uh, understanding that this land was given to the Jewish people th- through Moses, uh, and uh, and all of their you know history is in this land, and uh, in the, the many years the thousand uh, three hundred years that it was under Arab rule, it was laid to waste, and then it returned to. to uh, uh, to a flowering country with, uh, you know, fruits and trees and and uh, rivers, D- from the time from 1850 when when the Jewish people returned and and I purchased land from uh, from uh, uh, absentee landlords in the beginning, and then. Produced a place where people could live, and, they, and, and the sacrifice was great in that process. There are many, many heroes who, uh, who, you know, who drained the swamps of, uh, in these malaria-infested areas and created water systems and and uh, planted this this new country, and uh, and then of course many people came to take advantage of that, and you know, f- found it a beautiful place, and. Uh, uh, but but anyway th- th- this this uh, resurgence of energy in this area uh, it was prophesied if you read the prophets and m- not too many people read the prophets by the way David i I find that there's a great ignorance about uh, the, the aspect of the prophets and I find them the most intriguing people uh, uh, in history and uh, and they have, and, and it's it's wonderful how they they, they uh, foresaw so many things. These are, the, these are the people that were the first to dream even of a time of peace among men. Can you imagine? And that becomes the symbol of everything that we find important and beautiful and, and, uh, and of purpose, is this idea that we will come to peace eventually. Man will come to a time of peace. Well, this was invented, this was dreamt of by the Hebrew prophets. And... Uh, and then the story about the land. You look at Isaiah talking about this return to the land from all parts of the globe. Can you imagine this? And this was before this diaspora, which is what the dispersal of the Jews. I mean, do you know that there is a tribe in Africa that is in 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 in, in the, in, the in, in you know in, in Uganda, but also in um, I was going to say in Brazil in the Amazon. There's a tribe of Jews. Can you imagine this? And all over, and, they, and, and Isaiah said, they'll come from everywhere. They'll come in from this, they'll, all these different conveyances. And what have we seen in our time? We've seen the return to this land, and we've seen Jews coming from all over the world and on boats and planes now and this and that, you know, to get to return to this homeland. You know, it's amazing,
0: John, because there's always drama drama around sure. the S- Jews, S- drama stories, around stories. Israel, uh, whether you look at it from the angle of the Bible, whether you look at it as a people yearning for 19 centuries to return home, or even whether you look at it in today's world, why Israel gets more media attention by far than any other country on the planet, where Israel gets more condemnations than any other country at the United Nations and why it's become such it's an, an, an electric an insanity, and, insanity. Uh such a controversial idea. Now, there's, there's a question I've never asked you before. Is Have you gotten any pushback from your friends in Hollywood regarding your support for Israel?
1: No. No, I haven't. I think if anybody had any arguments about it, you know, uh, they would... Uh, well, maybe they wouldn't approach me with them, you know. Because
0: you're pretty outspoken.
1: Well, I'm outspoken, but also I'm fairly knowledgeable, see. I did have one, one person made a slur. Very nice fellow, but it was in ignorance about the situation in Israel. And uh, I said, you know, I disagree with that statement, I said to him. I said, uh, because of many things, would you like to talk about it? And the fellow said, "Yes, of course. Let's let's talk." I said, "Okay." I said, oh, and I started with basics.
0: I said, "This and this and this." This fellow is a well-known yeah, very, actor, director,
1: yeah, g- good actor. Okay. you know, g- g- good fellow, and a decent guy, too. You know, but uh, he simply didn't know anything. And I started. I just, what did he say? With basic I just gave him a few of the basics. I said, "Do you know this? Do you know this?" Just a couple of delay the groundwork, and and he within five minutes, he said to me, John, you know, I really, I didn't really know much about this. So I said, well, then you got to educate yourself because you got to find out what you're, what you're talking about. You know, it's very, very important. Uh, and, and he went, went on his way, do you know, but he didn't, he didn't know very, very much. And I think that that's the truth. We, we're, we're inundated with all sorts of things in, in our daily lives. We have this little iPhone or whatever it is. I have the galaxy and we, we got this information, so much information. And we get, we get interested in this or that and we don't go, uh, you know, we, we, there's not a lot of depth in our understanding of many things unless we pursue it. So the information is there on these phones, but, but uh, there's so much distraction on the way to it that w- most people don't get there and well, they they're usually interested in the immediate thing that they have to do when well, i have to get a suit because i'm got to go to the this this presentation for this award show or th- whatever the hell they're thinking about uh, or or the many other things that they have to think about and they don't follow through and and uh, and seek the truth on so many issues and, now, and many important issues.
0: You're super busy. You're always filming. You always return your text right away. And what do you do to stay grounded? What do you do to take time out and replenish your batteries? Well, I, I first
1: of all, have very good friends who are noble, noble minds, you know, people who remind me of the truth and are very uh, honest with me if, I, if I'm askew, you know. I think that's so important. Loving people, very loving people, but people who are, are smart and, and are not just going to uh, uh, t- turn aside if I, if I go down the wrong path. I think that's very important to have people who are watching you in that way.
0: Are these friends you've had for yes, years? many years, yes, many
1: years. And, uh, and I try to cultivate uh, friendships with people who are uh, honest, and honorable and loving.
0: And while you're in the middle of a of a shoot, while you're making a movie, do you find time for that as well? Is it difficult to find time for friendships because you probably have these moments of high intensity for 3-4 months, correct, when yeah. you're shooting a film? Mm-hmm. That's right. How does that Well, you you as I say, you, you
1: know, you I have a little bit of a ritual. You know, I have people who fill me in on things. Like we talk about certain subject matters. I, I, I'll give you an example. I have a friend whose name is Hank. He's in his 80s. I met him. I think yes. at
0: uh, Factors Deli. I'm sure. Yeah, With yeah. you. That's right.
1: That's right. And, well, Hank, he gets uh, the Wall Street Journal every morning, and he gets uh, a week the weekly... Uh, uh, the, it's called the week. The, no, it's a magazine. No, he no, gets this uh, Jewish uh, Journal. No, uh, the uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it. But there's a investors magazine Investors Business Weekly. Oh, okay, it, okay. No, it used to be the daily, right? Now it's the weekly, and then they have they have podcasts and stuff like that. But he has this information, and he as he goes through this information every morning. He has a pencil or a pen, and he underlines, or circles, or, and he has this series of symbols, to, <laughs> what he does. So I know what he thinks is very important and less important. I do the same thing, by the way, with books. People say, how can you mark a book? I said, I have to mark every book. I love marking books. So I go back and I reread what I've you know, felt was important, whatever it is. But uh, anyway, he'll give me a little bit of a report uh, on that, and he'll pass me some things, do you see? Like he gave me recently the article you had on Sammy Davis Jr., from the Jewish Journal. He was very pleased with, it, you know, some of the articles in the Jewish Journal. He'll give me those, you know? And uh, uh, he, he gave me one recently. He gave me stuff, not necessarily of, of the front pages, but stuff that he finds very interesting. In the Investor's Business Daily, they have a series of, they have a, a page, I think it's the second page, where they have a, a brace of quotes, maybe six quotes mm. of from uh, you know, from uh, uh, Oprah Winfrey to John Kennedy to mm-hmm. whatever it is. Could be anybody, you know. But these little quotes that are s- s- salutations for for the day. For living, right. right. Yeah. and. And they're always good, you know. He'll and he'll say, "There's a good bunch today." He said something like that. He give me some of those. Oh, and you got to send them to me, John. Yeah, I, I, good. I can Put them in the loop. It's very nice. And what he does, what Hank does, we have our offices uh, in uh, Century City, and uh, and he has a, the, the, in the elevator. There's a little uh, block where he puts the quotes of that he finds interesting up for everybody to see. Uh-huh. So I mean, they come in the elevator, you always have a little meditation on some wise piece of advice, do you know? So uh, uh, th- that guy is in touch with me, he's my buddy, and we always... Even while you're shooting a film? W- yeah, I'll, I'll talk to him in the,
0: in the course of a day, I'll c- talk to him and, and
1: we'll share some
0: information. Now yesterday you and I were speaking, uh, brought up this film, Uprising. Ah, uh-huh, yeah that you did several years ago and yeah. it's, it's one of the things you've done I mean out of the hundreds of things you've done by the way forgive me for saying this but I have to because Zoolander is our favorite movie in our family well, it's a whenever very we profound want to piece get of a laugh work, yeah. yeah it's very profound <laughs> it's whenever we want to get a laugh we watch Zoolander because I've seen all your others coming home and Midnight Cowboy I grew up on that one um but this movie Uprising seemed to have had left a mark on you. Well, we spoke about it because recently was the
1: 70th anniversary of the Warsaw Ghetto. And that was an amazing chapter in the Holocaust, a very important one, because it dispels the, the myth that the Jews went quietly. Uh, if they had an opportunity to resist, they did. In the Warsaw Ghetto they had that opportunity and they did valiantly resist and sacrificed, uh, you know, so many great people, uh, you know, put up a a fight against the German forces and prevailed for, you know, for months. They could, it was um, an an amazing, uh, an amazing display of courage and fortitude and that, that and, goes right against the stereotype yeah. of the
0: weak and helpless Jew.
1: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, what what does one do when one's child is imperiled? You know, mm-hmm. you can't run up against uh, the weapons that they had. Uh, you try to save your child and try to hold on to some hope that that uh, there will be an intervention in some way and, and the child will be saved there's so many things I mean right. you can you there's so many portraits um uh, Stephen Spielberg in our in our world of entertainment has given us Schindler's List which was a profound piece and and very very important and uh, and so people are acquainted with the truth of that
0: ep- right. epoch. But, but Spielberg yeah I'm sorry
1: but the Warsaw Ghetto was a very interesting uh event that happened in the center of the Holocaust and and it is beautifully portrayed by this movie. It was a, a, a miniseries initially uh, that was uh, directed and produced by John Avnet, wonderful mm-hmm. director uh, who's done many many fine things. But to me, this piece is uh, when you talk about what it was. You say how can someone go into it without? You have to pray continuously that you will be responsible and 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 do, this, do these souls the proper honor in portraying this. And he spent uh, maybe 10 years of his life on this project, bringing it to be, and, and uh, he recreated Warsaw, the ghetto. He re- mm-hmm. recreated it to, to such a degree that one of the survivors, uh, when he was brought to this set he looked at it, and they said, "Well, what do you think, Kazakh? You know, and mm. Kazakh said, uh, "That's where I was there. That's my apartment." He pointed to a room in the set. It was so perfectly reproduced that he knew exactly where everything was. You see, and uh, and we who worked on it felt that um, felt a responsibility, uh, felt the joy of working, of course, and the, and the and the. Uh, this awesome aspect of recreating something that was a true story in real people's lives. And uh, tr- trying to, we tried to adhere to uh, the truth, uh, you know, as much as we could reproduce the truth of that. But, uh, and I'm not talking about my own performance, which was a good performance. I played Stroop, this general who came in to, uh, t- to take over and, 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 uh, and destroy this resistance. Is it difficult for you to play those roles? Well, it's not difficult when I think of when I think of what you're saying. What mm-hmm. you're saying is you're showing good and, good and evil, mm-hmm. the truth, and uh, and you're telling a story that will be uh, that's important, heartrending and and powerful, indelible, and, and in, that needs uh, to uh, and be an, important, uh, an important an s- important statement of the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so in that way, it's not so difficult. You know, it's just a character. This guy's an evil guy, but and where where does his evil come from? It's his evil came from his banality, his ignorance, his mm-hmm. lack of real capacity for understanding anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a funny character to me. He was ridiculous in a certain way, but mm-hmm. sad. He has no. He didn't have the equipment Humanity. to think properly. Do you see? Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, and it scares you to. You know to read th- these uh, histories of a guy like that, uh, but we can see them replicated in society. You know across the world today, so it's very important. This, but anyway, the the other artists in it, the other actors were quite brilliant, uh, and uh, and the uh, the direction of the piece and all of the all of the work that John did in, in pr- reproducing. it. so I would say. It's an important piece and a piece that will sustain. Uh, it hasn't lost any of its resonance. It's a very, very powerful piece.
0: Right now, uh, you brought up uh, Spielberg's uh, Schindler's List, which mm-hmm. is obviously another one of those pieces that yep. will remain. Yep. Uh, but he also did the movie Munich mm-hmm. years later, mm-hmm. about the uh, the Jews, from the Israelis. I would who say went that. After. That, yeah. That, the that, perpetrators of. The well, Munich that movie
1: Olympics. I would say was a lie. Uh, it was a lie because it misrepresented the facts, uh, the the men- mental uh, pr- processes and the and the purposes of uh, the the Jewish state and the people who were given that responsibility to go after these guys who had killed all these Olympic athletes, and uh, it just misrepresented the truth. In what way? Several ways, but w- one is it gave uh, it gave. Um, uh, an, an aspect it, it it provided a rationale for their horror
0: mm.
1: which was um, you know it was very disappointing and then it uh, it changed the the attitudes of the people who were responsible for this journey it, it made one fellow was disgusted with what he had done and left to go to america i mean come on it's a mm-hmm. it was a lie so i i would say that uh, that's an unfortunate uh, right
0: and that one fellow you mean the israeli who, who took out one of the killers, one of the terrorists. Well, right. there
1: was a little band of people who were right. responsible for that, and, then they, and, and they felt that they, were, they had done wrong. No, they didn't do anything wrong.
0: Right, they... they These
1: people were, uh, there had to be some justice brought to this situation.
0: Correct. Um, so speaking of justice, I often feel like what you were talking about uh, in the uprising, in the film, mm-hmm. that uh, desire to protect your children that desire to fight back against evil, Mm -hmm. it seems to me that we're seeing it right now in Israel. Uh, This morning, we had this uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu speech showing evidence of Iran's nuclear, secret nuclear plans, Mm -hmm. and there is no doubt that Israel is a country on a state of siege in the same way that the Jews of the Polish ghetto were in that state of siege. Absolutely. It's just now they have the power to fight back and not just for three months. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, that's, uh, you can see, this is, you know, I have to say that I'm deeply impressed with the Jewish leadership over these past years when they've had, you know, surrounded by enemies and and a dangerous movement against Israel across the world, and especially at the United Nations, expressed at the United Nations. Anti-Semitism is, you know, flowering at the United Nations, and and all of the the uh, the lies and myths uh, that were that were used by Hitler against the Jews are revised in our pr- present time. Uh, you know the the Elders of Zion, the protocols of the Elders of Zion. This this poisonous book that was created uh, to uh, to create a caricature of the Jews that w- as evil uh, is, is once again uh, the the kind of being spread uh, across the nations of the world today. Very very difficult time. Very dangerous time now. Uh, so. Um, so yes, Israel is uh, is in a situation where, it, like eighty seven percent of the criticisms from the Human Rights Council of the United Nations goes against Israel during times when Iran is uh, is sponsoring terror throughout the world, where Syria is gassing uh, its children, where all of these horrors are taking place, and they're focusing on Israel. You can see the insanity of of this happening today and uh, there are noble people who are speaking the truth and and uh, like the uh, these uh, uh, ceos in germany st- stepping up and st- saying you know we're, anti-semitism must be stamped out we must uh, you know all of this so there's a battle being w- waged but you're absolutely right uh, israel is is the focus of a lot of, uh, of uh, violent uh, regimes. And, uh, and there are people who are uh, allowing
0: that to be. Yeah, but Israel makes a lot of mistakes. Israel's got a lot of, you know, flaws, a lot of issues inside. They're human. They're human. But uh, listen, we,
1: we have it here. We have it here. We have an assault on many things that are basic to our rights here. There are people who are intolerant here, you know the intolerance that, that that we see in in our community, like you say, how's it when you speak your piece, John? Don't, do you get a, a blowback? Do you are you uncomfortable? Well, they, there is this attack on anyone who stands up and says something that's not the party line. Mm-hmm. This party line idea, where's this coming from? Well, of course, we get that from communist Russia. Do you know what I mean? The union of Soviet socialists. Socialism is a pretty big mess. You know, if you look at the history of it, it always comes down to this kind of thing, intolerance, and then finally violence, too. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we suffer under, under that. Uh, and in this country, we can, we, free speech is under attack. So I, I'm very proud to say I get out there and say what I have to say because I know it's it's important that we we be responsible. We allow people to speak their mind, and we listen to them. And if we have a, a an answer to it or something to contribute, we should dig dig in and and say, okay, here's what my statement is. We're important. We all are important. All our citizenry is important. Not and we must be very wary to jump on the you know. A, uh, this, this train with just because other people seem to be going to successful places is to say, fellas, wait a minute, let's think about it. We had this incident uh, recently where this uh, uh, Kanye West stood up and said, surprisingly, you know, that people shouldn't just uh, follow uh, this, you know, follow like sheep, they should think for themselves. That's his statement. And it became controversial. Think for themselves. Good for him that he said it. Good for him that he had the courage. He understands enough that he's going to get, you know, some kind of, uh, create some kind of uh, an uproar. But he said it. Good for him. So people say, well, Kanye West, you shouldn't make a big deal. Oh, yes, we
0: should. Give him applause for what he's done. Well, there was a a reporter on MSNBC. I think the name is Joy Reid. And apparently, I don't know, 20 Some years ago she said some very controversial and politically incorrect things on her blog and she got reamed for it and now her explanation is that somebody hacked uh, that blog, which is really highly unlikely. And And I was thinking, why can't you just say the truth and say you changed your mind? And it seems that we're not allowed to change our minds. So if you said something 20 years ago, um, that would be completely unacceptable today, then they'll nail you for it. And that's sort of really disappointing.
1: Yeah, well, we have a little bit... Uh, we, have to be, we have to be wary now. Mm-hmm. We have to be very careful. We, and, you know, uh, it's a good thing for us to, to say, well, wait a minute. Let me see. Did I check that out? Or what is the truth here, you know? When I do a role... And, uh, and people said, you know, well, he, John's so thorough, he does this work. Well, I think that should be normal, that mm. you go and, you know, you research things and you do as much work as you can so that when you come to the table to do your part, that you've done uh, your due diligence. You
0: uh, do that for all your roles, John?
1: Well, of course. But, but you, uh, uh, you know, you ask the questions. How do, I, how do I approach this? What's this guy been through? What's
0: his point of view in, t- in this aspect? Give me an example of you doing that in one of your roles.
1: Well, we, uh, w- let's, let's see what, what, uh, what part we can talk about. Um, what are, your, what are some of, of the favor- roles that, you are, that, oh, that you're familiar heat. with, if heat? you have any? Uh, heat, oh, Heat. Well, he, yeah, Heat. Uh, the, the director and, and writer of Heat, Michael Mann, he and I met at several occasions as you do in, out here, you know. I don't know what they were, but we we became friendly. We were playful with each other. And, he, and uh, he came up with this role, you know. It wasn't a big role, but it was a, you know, substantial role. And he said, uh, and my friend Al Pacino was going to do it and Bobby De Niro was going to do it. And this is good company and a good job offer, you know. But I looked at the role, and I said to myself, I said, well, you know, Mike... Uh, michael, this this guy who is this heavy character from out of prison and who used to be involved as a, a driver for robberies and things. I mean you can go into downtown Los Angeles and you can find guys like this, and they they're completely authentic and they're probably good actors too. You can get one of these guys. And uh, Michael Mann said to me, he said, "Yeah, but John, then I wouldn't get to work with you." <laughs> and so, so I, I this was a loving gesture I couldn't turn away from, do you know. So I said, Mike, I'm going to have to change myself physically entirely to do this part. He said, Yeah, yeah, you do it. So I had to, I, I, I um, created a, a backstory, helped uh, helped with Michael. We just kind of created this backstory of this guy and who had been so many uh, years in. In prison and uh, in solitary too, and uh, I, I created this aspect where he got—he was uh, hit with a pipe in prison in a fight, and he hurt his hurt his hip. It has a little limp. Couldn't go back and do the things that he was doing before. But if he was going to get out, he was going to have to just be a driver because he couldn't uh, mm. run about. And uh, and he used to lift weights in prison. Uh, and then he had this accident and he kind of left the weights and he became a little bit heavy and got a pot belly and whatever it is but he still had that kind of power from the the the, the, the years of uh, of lifting weights and your hair grew and we did this thing with the hair which michael had a great help with he had a, he saw a vision of it and i did and i said i i this guy who was in solitary for so many years, when he came out, I know I have a thing, I have very light skin, so I can get really damaged from the sun. I said, he came out of solitary after two years, and he went out in the sun of the yard, and he just let the sun burn him up. And from that, he had damage, skin damage on his face, and we created the skin damage with an ex- about five hours of makeup every day. But uh, anyway, so we had this whole thing, and then the way he talked and stuff, to the degree that when I first put, I, I had padding to show this uh, aspect of, you know, the, 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 the weight lifter and, the, and this stuff, and a little limp, and uh, uh, and then this hair that I, we put on and the damaged face and all of this. And I came out, I put it on for the first time all together with the makeup, completely with the hair, complete, and the and the the the, uh, the body padding and all of that, on the first day of shooting. That's the first time I'd put it all together. Right? I came in very early. It was a lot of work, and I finally came out of the of the uh, thing and uh, the camper and walked to the set. And one of the guys who was a grip said to my makeup guy, he said. He said, John, he said, I worked with him on a film about 10 years ago. He, he said, what happened, drugs? <laughs> 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 he, he, he thought that was me, you know, this wreck that I brought to the set. So uh, anyway, so I did a lot of that. That's the kind of thing. I, I do a lot of that stuff, and I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that role unless I had done all of that armor that I put on in the morning to, to go in and be this other guy. And I had an, another way of speaking, which I got from a cu- couple of different people. And then, uh, you know, imitating the way they... they, they uh, a
0: couple of other people. Uh, I hope you don't mean the well, real mobsters in well, downtown LA. Well,
1: no, people who I f- felt... I'm from New York, so I there was some people, you know, talk of a certain way in the, mm. And I did a little of that, and uh, uh, and 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 had this package that I brought with me. And then, of course, just listening and talking from the the other psychological stuff, Mm. using different techniques or whatever it is. But anyway, that's that's the kind of thing that you do. Have you done that for me? I I don't think that uh, I mean that's what I do to to get my work done. If if someone I, I don't admire people who don't work at their or don't take their work seriously. Everybody who's good, by the way, everybody who's good really takes their work seriously.
0: Have you done it for your—you have a very popular TV show now. Have you done the same thing? Sure. Yeah, Can absolutely. You yeah. tell us? And now
1: you say, people say, look, people say, when I say that, you know, some of the most serious guys are the comedians. You know, if you go to a set, and, you know, working with Ben Stiller on uh, Zoolander, you know, he was the d- director as well. And uh, you know he's very serious about the work. He's the, the, to, to create this silly character, and
0: uh, I thought the the movie was funny because Zoolander had no idea that he was being funny. we were eavesdropping on a kook. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's, I would say that's a good way to sure. <laughs>
0: right, that's what I found so funny. <laughs> oh yeah, he absolutely. was not trying well, to no, make me laugh. The, no,
1: I, uh, well, he was trying to make you laugh. He but was, but I but I didn't, he was he was doing his acting. He was being that idiot, you
0: know. Correct. So, yeah. Correct. Um, tell us what you've done to get ready for your latest.
1: Well, uh, Mickey uh, is a you know, co- co- complex uh, character. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, first of all, the writing uh, from uh, the original overseer and writer of the piece, creator of the piece, uh, was uh, quite specific and i, I think she, she was writing about her her uh, family so it was very very specifically written and that was there was a lot of madness in it you know uh, and 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 it became funny it was funny stuff so uh now we 're
0: talking about ray donovan ray donovan yeah for our listeners
1: yeah uh and uh And so when we did it, you know, like there was a scene where he was dancing with a hooker, you know, and we did this scene, and the director had a wonderful, uh, wonderful idea about the music, a piece of music that I really loved, too, and I loved to dance, too. So we did this scene with the hooker, and all of a sudden, everybody was talking about this scene, because I had just a towel around me, and I was dancing with a hooker, and and it became a, a kind of an iconic moment, in a sense, for the character. And uh, I remember I changed one line. I'd done my work, and, and uh, we was I was improvising with this uh, gal who played the hooker, and we just met that day. So, and she, you know, she was, uh, uh, she was a good actress, and she she said, "Come on, sweetie, you know, uh, uh, take it." Take it easy, take it easy. I, was, I had a, a joint in my mouth. I said, take it easy. I, said, I don't have time
0: for easy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because he just broke it out of jail. He just, his whole life,
0: he was trying to make up for the years he lost. That's a great line. Yeah. I don't have time for easy. I don't
1: have time for easy. And then he started doing this dance and stuff.
0: How do you describe your character in Ray Donovan?
1: Oh, he's a mess. He's a mess. Uh, that's, he's, he's the kind of guy that is really full of enthusiasms. Half of the enthusiasms are dangerous to your health. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's an interesting character. But uh, I have an affection for the guy, too.
0: You develop an affection? I know affection. he's
1: dangerous. He's a dangerous guy to other people. If I saw this guy coming down the street, I would walk on the other side of the street and say, stay away from him, you know what I mean? Hey, Johnny, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll see you later, Mick. You know what I mean? He's he's not good energy, but but uh,
0: he's 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 so not you, John, because you're uh, so grounded.
1: Well, I don't know about that either. I mean, I mean, John, I know. In in a a way, uh, there's that difference, but in other ways, I'm I'm very playful, as he is. You know, Uh, uh, I'm I have have strong opinions too. Tough. So there's lots inside of you, and you some pieces of myself. Exactly. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the pieces of yourself that I'm starting to see more and more is every time you and I get together, you got a lot of notes. You always so I well,
1: I haven't been referring. only you're once a researcher. I, once I did refer to them here. I'm not really referring to notes here, but but I do. I have things that I've written down.
0: You like to do research that
1: are uh, that are I feel are important. You know, mm-hmm. to hit certain notes, just as in your, your business, of course. You know, you you're always looking. For a story that is impactful and important. Right. And so you have to say, well, wait a minute, I got to get to that guy or I got to call this author right. or something, whatever
0: it is. Right. You always seem to be researching something, then you'll give me articles on this or articles on that. Yeah. Is that, do you do that a lot? I mean, on yeah, your free I time? Do. I do. What yeah. do you read besides the Jewish Journal?
1: Well, I, and I do read the Jewish Journal. Uh, the um, And I'm very happy for your. Uh, being, uh, you know, your voice being represented in it. Uh, the, uh, I, I, I read, I read the, those people who I think have some wisdom. I pursue people who have wisdom uh, and, uh, and listen to them on various topics. Uh, one of the topics that I find most important is uh, the state of Israel. Uh, why? Because... As Isaiah said, I'll quote the prophets, you know, Isaiah said that, that the, the nations, all nations will come for nurturing at the mountain of Jacob. I mean, and that's the mountain of Jacob is Israel. Jacob is Israel. So uh, this, is this an idle statement or a statement of hope or something? No, no I believe that this is, uh, this is something, this is a way the world comes together. There's a, a, an instructive here. And, uh, uh, and, and just knowing th- that, that uh, those words of that prophet and looking at the situation of Israel as I see it, uh, it gives me a, a, a kind of an understanding. So I don't want to forget that. And it helps people to... Under, uh, th- that phrase, you know, to come for nurturing at the, m- at the mountain of Jacob, you can certainly see even now that the, the the world's fulcrum is somehow there you can see all of the innovative uh, aspects of their uh, of their research in terms of water producing water uh, producing uh, uh, the uh, the world of technology so many things are coming out of israel and uh, and as faisal said you know if if the Jews come to this part of the world, they can be of benefit to all of us. Well, they didn't follow Faisal. They followed somebody else, a bunch of other folks who wanted Faisal, to- Faisal, you mean Faisal, Saudi Arabia? Fa- yeah, Saudi Arabia. That's mm-hmm. talking about. Winston Churchill gave Faisal's family uh, the uh, um, uh, Jordan, trans-Jordan at that time, but Jordan, because he had, they had given away these different lands uh, for development across the, you know, the, the Ottoman Empire had dissolved. And so then they had created Saudi Arabia, Iraq, you know, the d- different parts of that world. And they gave something to the, to the Jewish people as well. The ho- homeland of the, uh, the historic homeland of the Jewish people was given over to, to produce a, a nation for the Jews. And and then they had forgotten about it. Faisal didn't get anything so he was a buddy of Winston i don't know if this is you know it's not that casual but you know they wanted something for Faisal so he so he took part of the initial gift to the jews the area of uh, of uh, jordan and gave that to Faisal's family mm. but Faisal initially thought the jews were going to be of benefit living there and certainly they would have been and still are, they will. As you can see, the Jewish people have been able. They their hospitals are open to everyone. They in almost uh, you would say I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't take your enemy and put him in a hospital and put him back on the field to fight you.
0: Well, this is my they, dream. But
1: they do it. They do it in. Uh, in Israel, they do amazing things in Israel, and so they are at st- they, they are the forefront of a certain kind of uh, mor- moral focus. Well, it's regardless my regardless of all the the banging around and the uh, you know uh, the political upheavals that they have to endure.
0: You know, I was raised in Morocco, um, and I know there's you know there used to be eight hundred thousand Jews living in Arab countries. I still have a fondness for Morocco, for my Arab friends, my Muslim friends. And one of my dreams, even if it takes 100 years, is to see a real connection between Israel and all the Arab and Muslim countries of the neighborhood. And if it means that you know they need Israel's know-how to be able to get water out of the ocean, to desalinate it so that their children can drink, right. and whether we can both learn from each other, I mean, it's a worthy dream to have. It's not likely to happen. Uh, in the short term. But being Jewish also means knowing how to dream.
1: uh, I agree with that. And I I think we can see evidence at this time of many things happening, alliances uh, with Israel and and their neighbors. Correct. Some
0: of it is underground. We don't hear, but it's definitely starting to
1: happen. When you see a guy like al-Sisi in Egypt, after the horror of bringing the Muslim Brotherhood back into Ezra, uh, into Egypt, which was a... Uh, it's, it's, it wasn't a blunder or a mistake. It was something really
0: irresponsible. It was a 12-month uh, experiment uh, with a theocracy.
1: Yeah, but it was also a And a perversion ter- terrorist of votes for pr- pr- democracy. Uh, a terrorist element, uh, right. bringing it back into the country after they'd been responsible for the assassination of one of their leaders and... and, and uh,
0: I think what they missed, too, they missed the powerful nationalist in- gene of Egyptians. They've been around for more than 3,000 years. That's true, too. And the theocracy that came in with the Muslim Brotherhood sort of poo-pooed that. They, and they didn't honor that idea of nationalism, which has nothing to do with religion.
1: Yeah, uh, that, uh, uh, that's true. It's very interesting what they did. They, uh, uh, they deserve an enormous amount of credit for overturning uh, Morsi uh, and, and uh, re-establishing themselves and
0: uh, fourteen million people came out on the streets. Yeah, so yeah.
1: they uh, and, and this fellow Al Sisi is an, an unusual fellow who has asked uh, the Muslims to look into their own uh, you know, into t- the, the terrorist connections with their religion and to make sure that they refine their religion so that this does not can the terrorists can't make a connection to the, to the Muslim religion. Uh, so it, 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 it's it's very, very important time. He's got a lot of guts, that guy.
0: Well, you know, one of my closest friends is a Muslim professor at UCLA, Omar Boum. He comes to my house for Shabbat. And I gotta tell you, I have the most beautiful conversations with him, John, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of, it's part of my dreams is to, is to see the evolution of all religions get to a place where it makes us better humans. One of the reasons I love my Judaism is because I feel it makes me a better human. If I didn't feel it did, I would have a big problem with it. And I think it should be a goal of all religions to make us better human beings. And one last question, because the show is a million questions, although we (laughs) won't have a million. When I heard you talk about your love for Israel and your knowledge of Israel, I was thinking, uh, do you ever wish that your agent sends you an amazing script one day that connects to israel well i i'd i'd like
1: uh, yeah. to, to do some. I, i've been uh, inquiring about those kinds of things at, at, at different times i think the history of modern israel is amazing amazing so many wonderful characters and great dramas uh, to, to to keep that dream alive and to bring it to the present day you know great heroes uh and uh, and villains too but uh uh Anyway, I, I've, I've wanted to, uh, I've kind of wanted to see this history from 1850 when Mark Twain walked across this land, which he wanted to go back to see the areas where Jesus walked and this and that, and he found, what did he find? He found rubble. He found uh, barren land, absolutely barren land, and, of course, he's the, the, the great writer that he was. He, he described it in great detail and very vividly. And uh, and from that time to the present, there's been so much drama to bring this land back to flowering, and that also is uh, you know uh, uh, the prophets talked about that time when the the the, the land would come back, be revitalized, and uh, and I and I think that 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 I'm very acquainted with all of those people. A guy by the name of. Uh, Jabotinsky and uh, you know Haem Weizmann and and uh, Menachem Begin and the Ergun and the Haganah and the, and all of these different stories that contributed uh, and and the uh, and the great prime ministers. It's this wonderful book about the prime ministers and the decisions that they had and the and the, each war is a, a, a miraculous event because they had no business winning any of the wars.
0: And, and most of which the first war, 47 48. Absolutely. And but, so little has been written. But each about
1: one, each one, mm-hmm. six, the 67 war, what an amazing event that was to bring back Israel, to to, to give, bring back the, the the West Bank and Jerusalem. And the prime minister asking Jordan not to participate in this war. And they they turned their back and they've they fought, and they were the ones responsible for the West Bank and for Jerusalem. And uh, and finally, it was reunified. The country was reunified uh, in that in that war in that event. And it was um, anyway. So, ma- so many, so many, many extraordinary, and th- so events. few
0: movies have been produced on that. Right? I mean, off well, the top I mean, of I think head, everybody got, w- w- they write know. about Entebbe, I guess That was few films were done on Entebbe. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but if you look at all the possibilities of dramatic films that could have been connected mm-hmm. to Israel, yep. it seems that there's an opportunity, especially with that first war, 47, 48. So here's wishing that you'll play in one of those films. Well, maybe. maybe if, uh, do, do you ever think of a, a an, person that well, you'd I, like I, to play? No,
1: I actually don't. I can't think of anybody that I <laughs> could play. I just want to see it done, you know.
0: Got it. Now, John, one of the biggest subjects in the Jewish world uh, the past week or two has been on Natalie Portman, who was awarded the Genesis Prize and had accepted back in November 2017 and then just decided that she was not going to attend the ceremony in Jerusalem, which has become a big black eye for Israel. Do you know her? I don't know her. I, I've met her a couple of times. but I wouldn't say I know her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did you? And, and, and
1: the way I met her is because I sought her out at one of these after parties at the Oscars or something. And I, and she's a delightful young girl, very talented. And I wanted, and she was from Israel, so I wanted to say my few words about, uh, you know, so so happy to, uh, of her success and and her love for Israel. You know, that's well, this is way back, right?
0: And you said that to her.
1: Yeah, and. Uh, it was very nice she was very happy at that time to be connected to israel but she has you know, i would say when you're young you know it's uh, unfortunately when we're young we make mistakes that we have to live with you know and and correct you know for the in our mature years i would say this is a big mistake uh, that she made and the mistake was connecting to so many people who uh who had a, a, a philosophy that is not helpful that is anti-semitic actually uh she was reported to have said in a meeting in a in a meeting uh, script meeting that she said so- something like uh, uh that, that's kind of communist but that we're all communists aren't we something like that you know what i mean now I know Natalie uh, is a young person who thinks she's doing the right thing. She's tr- trying to do the right thing. Her if she says something that about communism, she's so naive about communism and the uh, the evil of that uh, uh, ideology that ideology, yeah, and the damage that's done throughout the world. Uh, if we don't pay attention to history, if the 20th century is something we haven't, haven't uh, learned from, we're in deep trouble. I mean, if you look at uh, communism, you know, the union of Soviet socialists and, and the amount of murder that was committed in the name of that ideology. If you look at communist China, if you look at, uh, you know, t- today, if you look at v- v- the socialism in Venezuela, and the horror that it's created for this people there, star- that, who are starving. Uh, if you don't know that, um, y- you're ha- you're not paying attention to the right things.
0: So what you're saying and, is, and you and think I, her reaction I, 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 was naive?
1: I, it's, yes, it's naive. It's it's without uh, it's without merit. Uh, her uh, anger at Netanyahu, I take issue with. Uh, I think Israel has been very fortunate to have this leader during this past 17 years, uh, who has saved this country, protected this country. Th- this is a big job to protect Israel in the in the uh, with the surrounding uh, enemy, surrounded by enemies, and uh, all of this activity to try to er- er- erase Jewry from that area of the world. Uh, so. I think she's been influenced uh, by many people who she has come to regard as holding some truth. And I think that she has, uh, unfortunately, been listening to the wrong people. So, uh, but that's what happens when you're young. You know, you somebody says, well, stand up for this or stand up for that, and they find a, a rationale to do that. And it's very, very hard to... Once you've committed along that road, it's hard to pull away from it. Now I speak from uh, personal experience. When I came to Hollywood in, uh, in 1969, after doing Midnight Cowboy, working very, very hard to get a foothold and, and having this one miraculous offer to play this wonderful role in this wonderful movie with... Great artists. Uh, I came out to Hollywood, and I was, I was embraced by, the people who were the anti-war people, and they seemed to be all the hot people in Hollywood at that time, and uh, they convinced me with the the, the, uh, the information they gave me, to go out in the streets and fight against this war, uh, to to, to uh, represent our our position as being uh, an evil force on this country uh, of Vietnam and the, the, and and they were saying that th- that group that I was with was saying it's America that's the problem there and if they just pull out the north and the south will come together and embrace as one as one family well we pulled out and Two and a half million people were murdered in Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam. This bloodbath was because there was no American presence. And there's much to say about that war. Many, many different aspects. I know a lot about it. I, I, the whole history of the French in, in in that area and all of this, right? Ho Chi Minh and who he was and how he fought.
0: And the mistakes America made.
1: And yeah, I know all about that. But you know, talk about um, the press misrepresenting the truth. Uh, you know, the 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 victory, the victory is there were misrepresented in our press. We were finally, the the mainstream press had picked up all of this idea from the people in the streets. And this was a chaotic time, by the way. You know, uh, this is a time where the flags were waving for, you know, uh, drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Idiocy that we were recommending. The people who were out in the streets were being organized by communists. The uh, SDS, this group from American colleges took meetings with Castro. I mean, this was a this was a very crazy time. So there I was out in the streets, and when I saw this bloodbath happen after we pulled out, I started to get the idea that there was something wrong here. Mm-hmm. And it, and eventually I pulled away from it, but it was hard for me because you're you're propagandized, you're, and your friends, you, you, right, and and your friends too.
0: And I'm sure Natalie's got many friends. Natalie Portman's got many friends who take the Palestinian side in the conflict, who just have the sort of the very typical fashionable view that Israel is the strong, powerful, Western uh, force. It's not the David anymore. It's more the Goliath. Well, whatever
1: you say in that area, I say she has been— Heavily propagandized by people she regards as as admirable, Incredible. and uh, and I say, you know, I I send her, uh, you know, my prayers and hope that she comes to some understanding of the truth of things, uh, uh, and and that she's able to uh, look more uh, lovingly at the people who have the guts to to uh, defend uh, Israel against the the evils that surround them.
0: Yeah, my take when I, you know, what I wrote about is she has every right in the world to have issues with Netanyahu and to criticize Netanyahu and to criticize Israel. We do so much of that in the Jewish world already. Uh, We do it in the Jewish Journal. We do it in all the Jewish publications in Israel, the self-criticism. Happens all the time, but my issue was why did she say yes in the first place? Because when, when she said yes in November 2017, she absolutely knew that Prime Minister of Netanyahu course. would be yeah. part of the ceremony. Yeah. So this is what happened: is that you know they used her fame and her celebrity uh, for the acceptance of the award. But by the time she changed her mind, it was a huge black eye on Israel and. She had no business saying yes, but after she said yes, she had no business saying no. And that's what, that was my issue, yeah, John. Okay,
1: yeah, I, I read that article. Yeah. 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 I yeah. think, uh, look.
0: Uh, it's not about uh, criticism I, I, of Israel. I wish,
1: I wish the best for her. I hope that she, uh, because she, I think she does, she's a caring person. I hope that she finds her way to uh, uh, very strong people who, hold uh, uh, the truth that has eluded her so far.
0: Yeah, because I give her the benefit of the doubt. I really do think she's pro-Israel and she has a love for Israel. I totally believe in that. I don't think you lose that that easily, but I yeah. just think she's...
1: And she's a talented young lady, and
0: yeah. I, wish her,
1: uh, I wish her the
0: best. Uh, so, John, you're off back to New York. What's in New York?
1: What's in New York? More Ray Donovan is in New York, so I have to... We're in Brooklyn now, so...
0: How many of these episodes are you filming do you, how, how long well, does it take 12, to film t- one
1: 12 uh, 12 episodes and it, about 10, 10 days a piece and so it's
0: and how many do you film at one time
1: well we jump around mm-hmm. <laughs> we, you know we're going to do the first and second episodes f- simultaneously and maybe a little piece of the f- Fourth, and <laughs> we don't know. What, what, you know, it's a, it's a varied schedule depending on the locations and the difficulty of different, different uh, logistics. But anyway, we and we, you
0: got to memorize lines from different episodes all the time.
1: Yeah, well, of course, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's true. That's that's our job. We're just uh, doing our work and trying to refine everything and trying to contribute all that.
0: Well, best of luck to you, and hope uh, we can have you back on our show.
1: Well, that's great. It's always good to see you.
0: Take care.